Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Playing Out for the Back. I'm joined by my co-host, Mo Spencer. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Missing Aaron. I don't know. He's gone missing. He's gone hey, missing. Hey. For some, I don't know what. I don't know what's happened to this guy. Then restrictions missing. got eased, and he's disappeared. <laughs> mate. He's... I know. I actually, I actually know where it is. It's, um, I saw, I saw Twitter, and I don't think he's been able to shake off the pet fraud statement. So <laughs> I think I still think even now he's, um, he's still running, running scared from a few people. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think us two included. I'm waiting for him to come back on. I, I need to air, air that some more. Uh, but no, we, we've um, we've got a great show obviously today because we'll be um, we'll be looking actually at the international scene. We're going to be looking at England, obviously the under twenty ones, obviously their their failure in in the championship. We'll be looking at um, obviously Southgate and his uh, how do I politely put this? His way of Doing things, so you say. See what he, what he's been up to, and obviously the the rumours coming out of certain players already being told that they're not going to be part of the part of the squad. Um, we'll also be looking just uh, a few other little factors that have come out where there's uh, talk of changing the the format of uh, the Champions League as as well, um, as well as the thoughts of financial fair play now being scrapped. So uh, that that will open it up for a few people. So we'll we'll be diving into that, but. Let's kick off, obviously, with the, the international scene in England. And I'm going to start with uh, the under-21s um, and Mr. Boothroyd, obviously, being in there. Now, um, arguably, this is one of the... I'm not going to say it's the best, but one of the best crop of youngsters coming through this, the system right now. Where, 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 do you, where do you see this, Mo? Do you see him really being the right person to get the best... Well, I say get the best out of the players... Actually, playing the, the right sort of style of football for this current crop, because we see um, sort of defensive-minded uh, team. We saw a bench that consisted of players that are playing pretty much regularly in the, in the Premier League, and they obviously crashed out 
um, to you know a Croatia side that you'd be lucky to name one or two of their, their players there. Do you, do you feel that England, when they when it comes to the under twenty ones management role, do you, do you feel that they don't take it seriously enough? But, well, I mean, first things first. First things first. Before you even ask me anything, anything more on this, how did AD Boothroy get the job? Like I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to look at, at how this all worked out. I, I mean, I know he, he he had a few jobs, mainly lower league. Um, I know he, he managed Watford as well. I think they were in the Premier League at the time, but I don't actually understand how he's got the job, and he's the most qualified for the job. To be honest, it's it's it's, it's a strange one for me. And um, having having watched their their last couple of games that have, you know, I mean, sort of stoked this this. Um, you know this big insight and look at whether he's the right man of uh, right man for the job. It's it's clear that he that he isn't. He, he's got he's got all the players you could hope for at his disposal, um, and he's probably getting at the moment he's getting two or three like new players to add to the crop every time you know they meet up because there's so much young talent playing in the Premier League and in the surrounding leagues in Europe, etc. Um, <clears throat> that he's got to choose from. So it's, it's quite strange that he can't seem to get a team of very talented English youngsters. And when I say that, I mean, if you think about the teams that are coming through from the 17s, the 18s and 19s, the World Cup we won, uh, 17s, it, it's clear that the, the quality is there. So he's failing somewhere along the line. Um, well, He's he, here's my thing with with this this role. As I said, and that's why I asked you. You know, do they are they taking it seriously enough? There's two parts to this. Uh, taking it seriously enough, we've seen in the past the successful sides like um, obviously the French and, and Germany, and include and, and you know and Spain included, obviously, and you know although Spain are on a complete downward spiral at the moment, when they've gone on to win the bigger championships. You'd see normally the uh, under twenty ones or even the under nineteen championships. The players that are eligible to play play. So, for instance, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Obviously, how old Phil Foden is, but I'm saying someone like Phil Foden, for instance, who's probably still eligible to play for the under twenty ones, would still go and play. You know, they played the best of best possible side available to them for one. Secondly, the managers that they've always had in place there for those championships have actually had first-team experience somewhere of a high level. Now, if you look at Andy Boothroyd, I mean, it kills me. Uh, Watford, three years, a year at Colchester United. When someone spends a year at a team, it suggests that they've probably been sacked. Uh, Coventry, one season. Two seasons at Northampton Town. That was up to 2013. Instantly, through what looks like three failed first-team jobs, someone in the FA has decided to give him the under-20s job. One season. Then moved from the under-20s to the under-19s for a season. And then has gone on and done from basically 2016, has basically been in charge of the the under-20s and under-21s in that time. Why? What what's on his CV? It's, it's like it's like he stumbled. <laughs> that suggests he should be the person. It's like he stumbled yeah. into the job. Seriously, it's like oh, oh he's he's here, you know. 
Um, it don't take much. He listens to what Gareth says. We'll um, we'll give him the job as the under twenty ones, the under twenty ones manager. That's sort of how it looks. But one thing I will say about the under twenty ones job is it can be difficult from a sense that every team, every squad he probably picks probably consists of ten new players because. Say for instance, five go to the to the to the England main squad. Um, he might get two that he has to use come down from the main squad. If you see what I mean, um, mm. and then there's so much turnover. There's so many good players uh, at under twenty one's level that the yeah. turnover at that level is just so much. This isn't an excuse because it's not like he's losing a player and then getting a player that's vastly less skilled or or of the set or a different level of quality he's getting like for like and you know mm. we discussed this in the in the in the last podcast but he's getting sort of like for like quality so if England are doing what they say they're doing which is from the first team all the way down to the under whatever 16s they're playing the same way it should pretty much be a seamless um move to go from the 21s up to the 20s in terms of style of play not in terms of quality but in terms of style of play it should be a seamless sort of move so as much as I because I saw him come out and say it's one of the most difficult jobs and I sort of understood that statement from from a from a from a sense of you just don't know what players you're going to have at that Mm. you know I mean you don't know who's going to come you don't know whether you're going to have um Jack Grealish or or whoever it may be, Phil Foden, like you said. You don't know whether you're going to have Eddie and Ketia. Not that he's had a, a call-up, but you just don't know who you're going to have in the, in the squad. And I think that makes it difficult. But I can't see his argument from a sense of, OK, you're getting these these players, but you're getting put up against... Who did they lose to? Who did they lose to the other day? They beat Croatia, but who did they who did they lose to the game before? They lost to, lost to Portugal. And his his side that he put out um, for what? Well, let me tell you who's on the bench for that for that game. Uh, Max Aaron's uh, just stand out people here. Todd Cantwell, Connor Gallagher, who's playing week in week out Premier League football. Curtis Jones playing for Liverpool, the champions. Uh, Reese Brewster, um, Premier League Eze. Why is Eze on the bench? McNeil. From um, from Burnley, all sitting on the bench. He went with Oliver Skip in the middle, who I don't even think he's even bringing coffee to uh, Jose Mourinho at the moment. He's he's actually having a good season. Him, I let him off. He's at, he's um, he's top of the championship. He's at Norwich. But, oh, he's at Norwich. Yeah, he's okay, at Norwich. Fair play yeah, to him. Fair yeah, play, exactly. fair, fair play we'll to him. We'll let him off. Fair for play that to him. Eddie Eddie and is obviously up, up top at the moment. He's not playing, yeah. but you got you got Brewster that is playing. So, and, and nothing against Eddie at all because I think he's a great he's a great player. But I'm I'm looking at it going and some of the people he's left on on the bench there. Max Aaron's, as you just said about Norwich being top of the league, should be playing right back. <laughs> I don't understand it. We've got um, Ramsdale fine, but you, it's the tactics of the players we're playing. He's playing four three threes, playing Smith Rowe in a three. I can tell you, Smith Rowe does not play on the left of a three. <laughs> play him in behind, you know. He's, he, but you're saying that we're trying to play the same way, but that's not the same way as um, the first team because Southgate's playing two holding midfielders right now. 
Yeah. So it 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 doesn't. It just looks flat. And watching it, there was zero creativity in there. Just it looked flat. And you know what? I come back to him as a manager. He's got a forty percent win rate in his wow. in his career. Forty percent. Wow. Now, what? Why? For me, as I said, I think if you're going to be a, an international manager, you have got to have done something right, regardless of whether it's twenty ones, under twenty ones, or, or or the senior senior sides. If you've been in charge of senior sides and you've had huge success, then you should be in the forefront to be an international manager, right? That's that's how it's whether you're English, Spanish, German, whatever. If you've been a successful coach working with youngsters, yeah. uh, so you might be a successful under-21s manager yeah. or whatever, or, or or you're the assistant manager and you've, you've been that big advocate of bringing in youth players. So I, I address a Jody Morris, yeah, I think. for instance, at this point. Yeah. Or I'm looking at a Jason Yule, who's had success at Charlton with the under-23s under or 21s there and used to playing sort of expansive football and has an understanding of how the talent plays this time round. Because as the game is changing, right, and develops, you, that, that youth football is going to going to change as well. Bring in someone like that. Do not put some dinosaur that's got forty percent win rate in charge of this <laughs> great this great crop of talent. It's, so it makes it's, sense. it's very strange. When when I look at it, the more I look at that um, Portugal game, the more strange it looks. He's got um, Curtis Jones playing week in week out, top of the Premier League. He's got mm-hmm. Eberiche Eze playing week in week out. Middle, middle of the Premier League, doing well as well. Dwight McNeil, um, he scored a great goal coming off of the uh, uh, against Everton, coming just before the break. Uh, plays every week for um, for Burnley. It is strange, and he's got it, yeah, it is quite strange to be fair. I, I don't know. It almost the team almost looks like he thought he had. It was a it was a game he was he was going to win. And he was just gonna mm. like give a few players a, a game. Do you see what I mean? That's the sort of yeah. vibe I'm getting from that team because I look at it and I think there are men on that bench that could arguably be getting a little look in in the England main squad. Mm-hmm. And there's players on the pitch that are nowhere near the England main squad, if you see what I mean. Yeah. So it's, it is. He's got a lot of questions to answer for, but I don't think he'll actually have to answer them because I don't think he'll he'll keep his job. But I mean, that goes on to the sort of next question of who you think should take over if he goes. Well, well does, when I mean, he goes, I've mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned two of them there. Obviously, someone like uh, Jody Morris or Jason Yule. I think Jason Yule's just been um, actually called up now. He's going to be part of the first team uh, coaching setup at uh, at Charlton. So again, kind of shows you someone that's. Um, Obviously, coming up through the game, but I think someone who's obviously not in not in work is, is Jody Morris. I think he's he's an ideal candidate right now. He's 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 proved it at Chelsea, working with these youngsters. Look at the crop that's come through. You know, we're looking at Conor Gallagher's obviously on loan, obviously at West Brom, but he's come through there. We looked at I'm talking youngsters obviously playing. I know he's not English, but you got you got your Billy Gilmore's, you got Mason Mount, obviously Tammy Abraham, all of these guys. I know there's there's an amazing setup at Chelsea, but Jody Morris has been a big big part of that. Yeah, um, and that's kind of reason why obviously Lamps took him to to Derby, right? He knew he was going to be dealing with like the youngsters, etc. Brought him in under his under his wing there, but actually this is a an ideal time 
for him to do that. And he plays the right, he seems to play the right way as well. And that, he's the sort of person I look at. And again, I don't want to, I don't want to be that person that goes names just to sort um, I know a manager that's been play, um, managing first team football. I don't think that actually is the right way to go about it, unless there is someone that is a big advocate of obviously using uh, youngsters all the way through. But before we know it, mate, we could be saying all these names, and before you say your names, don't get too excited because they'll probably put Sean, Sean Dice in or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, at least, at least, that's... at least Sean Dice has been um, uh, managing in the Premier League, though. <laughs> no, of course, but of course. But I know yeah, what you mean. Style, style of play, stylistic. <laughs> style wise, of play. It just doesn't. It doesn't match up, yeah. which is, uh, which is, I guess, what they need for that sort of continue continuity. Um, yeah. For the where, for the where, first. Where do you team. see it going? Where do you see? Do you see someone in that? Position? I I mean, I wouldn't look much further. I think Jody Morris is perfect for it. Um, just come off that job with with Lampard. He done a great job with Chelsea under twenty ones one sort of loads of FA Youth Cups. He knows the young English players as well. And he's responsible, as you say, for creating some of these players as well or helping them develop. Mason Mount seems like he's a 100% starter for England at the moment. Tammy Abraham's on the fringes. Callum Hudson-Odoi is another one um, on the fringes of the teams all the time. And I imagine being an under-21s manager, he's seen every single one of the other players play regularly. Mm. Yeah, monitors them, you know, um, um, you know, does the analysis on these players, so he knows the players from that from that time. So I think he would be a a good candidate. But I mean, you know, how it is with the FA. I think your face sort of has to fit, or it don't really work out for you. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's a little bit of why Ad Boothroyd got the job because I think once you get in there and your face fits, you just ride it out. You just, you know, stay in the system as long as you can. Under 21s, go down to 19s, have a look at the 17s when they're at a loss and you just stay in the system. Do you know what I mean? So eventually you're one of um, Southgate's coaches and you're doing the, the, mm. the first team. That's how it looks. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. The, the only other manager that I would consider in that, potentially in that role, um, might, might surprise people maybe, is uh, Warren Joyce. He's a uh, Southampton manager. Or their, their development squad that they've got there, but he was um, the reserve team manager at Man United when um, when Fergie was in charge, and he's got untold experience, untold experience working with, um, with obviously top talent, understands sort of that big profile as well, um, and he's the he's the sort of person I'm putting. So yeah, I think Warren Joyce could be. Um, a potential in there, or because I put go on, yeah, go on. Or where, where I mean, where's the guy that won the under seventeens World Cup? Who's the manager that won the that won the under seventeens World Cup? Just trying to for, find for England, England, yeah, a couple of years ago. Who was the manager? I'm trying to find it now. I can't remember because I remember when we won it. Foden was in that team that won it. Um, mm. Steve, oh, Steve Cooper, he's obviously at. Swansea, isn't he? Oh, yeah. That's why, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he would have been, he would have been the perfect <laughs> sort of guy to go in there. But yeah, he's obviously at Swansea and he's doing well, which is a testament to himself, to be honest. But again, this is then, you know, what, what, what is? It, have we failed the system by not promoting these people up the ladder? 
Uh, you know, we're trying to we develop. If you're going to develop players, you develop players, and we're trying to put this. The whole idea was with this, why we had St George's Park as, and all that, etc., so we could sort of really narrow in and get in our, our you know English talent through through the through the ranks and that style of play all the way through. Because you want to be doing this with a manager, we're looking to promote. Of them. course, of course. So you almost don't, you know, like you get in like non-league football, right? With like the kids' football, and you, you know, the manager starts with his team at under eight. Yeah, and then he moves them up, and he carries on with his team under under nine, yeah, under 10, yeah, under 11, yeah, under 12. yeah, of course, yeah. You could it would be good to almost stay with a kind of thing with that crop where you almost promote every couple of years or something. Yeah, that that manager. Yeah, um, but the only problem with that is is you have to have the right people in place because obviously, mm-hmm. Aidy Boothroyd's in this system, isn't he? So he's already in the system. So they've tried to say, all right, we're going to stay in house. We're going to keep. A continuity, but the problem there is, is that AD Boothroyd isn't good enough. Do you get what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah, they need cool. to make sure that they get that right, and they've got the right crop of managers in there to then run that continuity through and get the managers following, sort of, or attempting to follow their players up the ranks. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it's 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 messy because. I, I think it's a, it's a failed system that they've got running at the moment. In my opinion, we've seen some. Great, yes, we're seeing some great talent, and I think they almost think that that's enough. Yeah. Like because Phil Foden and um, you know your your likes your Eze's and stuff, but really Eze's not really come from their development scheme. But they're going to try and put you know put a hat on it that they're thinking oh they're performing well in the Premier League. Yes, we must be doing something right. No. You're not the one developing them. The club sides are developing them. You need to now nourish this talent so that they're playing at the very top levels yeah. and actually playing the expansive football that we're expecting from these these players. And we come nicely to Mr. Southgate, Mr. Waistcoat. Um, he, we have got, and how many times have we spoke on this podcast and how many other podcasts and other people down pubs when we used to actually be allowed in a pub be discussing going, God, we've got some attacking options to, you know, in the next couple of years. Yet, yet we don't want to use them. <laughs> we, we, I know he's had a few injuries, but he wants to play two holding midfielders. This yep. is not the time for two holding midfielders. <laughs> I, I know we're going to be this spoiled English fan. I know we won, won a game or whatever, but what is why? Why now? Why do we go and play? When we go and play like a Brazil, for instance, they play one holding just to sort of so they have some sort of clean up crew, but they will play every single attacking minded like their best. They will literally play their best players where they can. Yeah. Why don't we do that? I think I think I think a little part of that we saw against Poland is that we get found out quite easily defensively at times, and I think that's always the worry. I think the worry is get a result rather than maybe the Brazil or the Spain was like. The, the the main worry was less score this team off the park. I think that mm. I think that the two holding midfields. I can't lie against uh, Poland. I looked at it and I thought two holding mids against Poland. Again, Albania as well. He did it, and I thought two mm. against Albania. This is this can't be right. Yeah. He needs to get his attacking players on the pitch. But I just think England just isn't good enough defensively, maybe to be able to put the amount of attacking players on the pitch that we want to put on the pitch. Um, and I think that's, that's where Gareth, that's what, that's how Gareth, look, Gareth looks at it. But I mean, 
you know, I'm, you know, I'm a supporter, and I think that Gareth's doing all right, and I don't want to write him off before, you know, he got to an, a World Cup semi final, and he has done good things with the team. I see the way that they're trying to play and interchange positions, and they are trying to do things like a club side. I, 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 I watched the three games, and I must say, I did see them trying to do things like a club side, and obviously looking like players that don't play with each other week in week out, which they don't. But he said a couple of things, and I just think they're so strange. He said before the first game against San Marino, he said, uh, "I don't know what you think about this," but he said he knows he's starting eleven for the first game of the Euros. Yeah, yeah. and I'm looking at yeah. that, and I'm thinking, okay, so everyone who ain't in the England squad might as well pack up and go home. If you ain't in the in and yeah. around now, you might as well pack yeah. up and go home. You've got no chance. It doesn't matter what yeah. you do, you've got no chance. And even the players that got left out, the Trents, the Grealishes, etc., etc. Now, I don't know if this was a thing like to, to give them a kick or whether he genuinely means it. But if he has his starting 11 already sorted, he has to have that starting 11 with him every game up until the Euros now, right? So that yeah. tells me that Trent, yeah. I get Grealish is injured, fair enough, but Trent isn't in his first eleven. That that's to, he's told Trent basically yeah. through that that he isn't in his starting eleven, which I think is very weird. Like that's a weird thing for a manager to say. And another thing he said was as well. I'll let you go over these points after. But another thing he said was after the game against Poland, he didn't make a sub till like eightieth minute, and he said we were struggling for players and freshness um, and players that could improve us out there. Uh, we got a lot of injuries and, and I was thinking, what are you on about? I was thinking Lingard, and I know people don't like Lingard, but he's playing, he's, he's probably one of the top five players like in terms of performance in the Premier League at the moment. He was the best player against mm-hmm. San Marino, granted it's San Marino. He's got a number of caps. He's been with a number of England teams. I can't see how Lingard cannot come on and freshen that game up for half an hour. I can't see how yep. that's a thing. So it's just like he, no, said, he says. He, he just he said some very strange things. I don't know if it's pressure or I don't know if he wants to make a stand or if it's mind games with the players. Like I sort of think it's so it's so crazy that it's sort of got to be like saying to the players on the bench, like, look, you're close, but I'm not sure about you guys. So when you go back to your clubs, you've got two months to prove to me that I can take you and I can trust you. Do you see what I mean? Well, your first point, like you said, about the, you know, the starting 11, he's an idiot. <laughs> because as we know, how many injuries are going to come up? Don't start putting all your eggs in one basket. If that is the general case, He's literally in front in front of his little in his little whiteboard at his house. He's got his starting eleven, and he, he's absolutely buzzing off that. Well, then he's a fool because we all know what happens when it comes to these tournaments. About three or four players get injured, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, it's over!" Like we always have that. We always get these little injuries. So there's no way he can do that. I think it's part of it is mind games, not just with the players, but with the media. So then they can start talking about all that rubbish and not maybe actually analysing every finer detail of how, how he played, etc. He's trying to almost like put the heat on on him and not the players. Because um, I, I just don't know how you can come up with come up with those that ludicrous thing there when you've got people like you say. I mean, it was what was it Saka, uh, Jack Grealish, James Madison, all out. Sancho. Like, 
San, yeah, Sancho. You know, what are you on about? But Gareth, maybe you you've gone up a couple of sizes. You need to get that waistcoat tighten up your your air airways or something <laughs> because that as, you can't be you can't be talking like that with your with your substitutions. That eighty minutes. What? Look, listen. We won the game, so I'm not. You know, as a gaffer myself, we, I've won the game. Basically, keep quiet. But at the same time, when you start saying things like we didn't have the players to pressure, play Ollie Watkins if you need to. You know, <laughs> you got. That bench consisted of if attacking options if you wanted to freshen up. Drew Bellingham, Ollie Watkins. I mean, Luke Shaw. Don't know how he, what state he was in, but Luke Shaw's been one of Man United's best players this year. Yeah. Um, sat, sat there. Um, you, you mentioned Lingard, Calvert Lewin. But again, there's, there's, there's talks, and again, it's all rumours, but there's talks of him saying, well, I'm gonna, he's going to take Lingard and he's going to leave Grealish and um, Madison. At home, and Sancho potentially mental Lingard. Well done, congratulations. But let's be, let's be honest because I've mentioned this to someone else. The guy's only scored. He scored. What has he scored? Like four goals. No, nah, for me, for Great. me, Sammy's got to go, mate. If he scored, I said. Yeah, no, I but, said before the Arsenal Mo, game. I Mo. said before the Arsenal game. If he gets to eight goals this season, yeah, from January from midfield. If he get, he's on five goals now, plus assists. If he gets to eight goals. This season, he's got to go. He was England's best player. But, but he Mo, looks bright. But mate, he, do you know what? He was, and he had about a million shots and eventually got there in the end. But what I'm saying is, we everyone's jumping up and down about this this small section of games. Yeah. And then everyone's forgotten about the other three quarters of the season. Mm. Is what I'm saying. You've got people like Grealish, as I said, Grealish, Madison, players like that, that have been consistent. For the whole season, yeah, them boys have got to go. Them boys have got to go. But he's not. But, but the talk is what the talk is. He's le- he's leaving them and taking Lingard. Now, I'm not saying I'm not saying Lingard shouldn't go in that in that way. I'm just saying does he warrant going ahead of them players? Me personally, no, because we've seen what Lingard's about. If you look consistently over his numbers, the guy didn't score or even get involved in a goal for three years. Do you know what I mean? There's people actually putting bets on that he wasn't going to be involved in yet another goal or assist from an attacking midfielder. Come on now. Fair play, he's found his, he found his feet at West Ham. But where did he, where wasn't he doing that for England previously? Yeah, but... It seems to be that, again, Gareth's living off, Gareth's living off when he had him as a, as a kid. You can't, it, it's, it's great. He is in form. I'm not doubting that. And I'm sure West Ham fans are, he's been amazing. He scored against you lot. Yeah, great. Whoops, he do. I don't care. I'm talking about the other players that sat there being consistent all the way through. Are you saying that because he's now gone into a form for, for what is it, five, six games, that everything else that they've done all season is totally yeah, forgotten? No, I'm, I'm sorry, no, I'm not having that. No, of course you don't. You don't, but you do have to take your form players. You ha- you like Lingard is arguably at the moment, let me just think about this, apart from Mount, He's he's playing every week and he's scoring and assisting most games, mate. And if it, if he continues that on to the end of the season, I don't I don't see how you can leave him. I don't. He's he's got he's got experience at big tournaments. He's got England caps under his belt. He's playing well. And I get what you're saying. I, I mean, I'm not saying leave him over a Madison or I'm not saying leave him over a Grealish. No way, because I think both of them guys have had good enough seasons, even if. 
they even if they don't have the a blistering end to the season, I think overall they've had good enough seasons to get into that squad. But but for me, Lingard ha- he, like he has to go. He, like if he continues this form, he has to go. I can't I can't see like I don't see any other way around it because I think that when you go to these tournaments, to have a player that's banging form is better than having your best players. As we've seen um, in other tournaments where they rush back a Rooney or they rush back a whoever, like to get him in the squad or they take a Walker A16, mm. they just do something mad to get them in the squad. And then you're looking at it when you're there and you're thinking, we're getting the same, we're getting the same outcome that we get every major tournament. You know what I mean? We're getting the same yeah. like outcome. So for me, I think go with your form players. Take your form players. Take your player. Take your striker that's been banging in goals, and give him a go. Because you can go and say, "Oh, I'm going to take my, you know, my guy who's been consistent um, over the last two, three years." But this season, he's had a bad season. But that's not going to change at the tournament. He's had a bad season, so you take him. But you also have to take your form players. That's how I look at it. I just think you have to take them. So, so someone playing seven games up to now. That's what he's played, and he's the stats yeah, but, are great. Uh, seven, seven appearances, five goals. What about what about so what about? Um, I don't know if he's the right example, but I'm saying he's actually had a, he has actually a good season. Harvey Barnes. See, this is what I'm saying. I think, I think Lingard goes over Harvey Barnes. That's my opinion. I'm just, I, I, I'm, just, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm Harvey throwing, I, has had a great I'm throwing season. it out because he's twenty five. Had a great season. Twenty five, twenty five. He's had twenty five games. Obviously playing in an, in an informed Leicester side. He scored nine goals. Mm-hmm. A couple, a couple of assists in there as well. And I, I know goals to, to goals to games. Obviously Lingard's is is mental. But how long? Does yeah, but go? yeah, but my I mean, quick pre- previous to, previous to that. My done? question to you is, yeah, Harvey Barnes is injured now, right? So Harvey Barnes has got his place on the plane. He scored nine goals and assisted, say, six, seven. I don't know. I ain't got the numbers right in front of me. But he's mm. now out for three months, right? He comes back and he plays the last three games for Leicester. Do you take Harvey Barnes or do you take Lingard, who's played since January every single game and he's got eight goals and six assists? Who do you take? That's the... That's... I mean, I probably... I probably wouldn't take either of them, to be honest, because I think there's still obviously other people that would get ahead of, yeah, ahead of no, all of them. No. I'm just saying, when it comes when it comes down when it comes down when it comes down to it, I'm just saying, I just I I think everyone's yes, well done, Lingard. Is and again, please anyone that's listened to this, don't take it. I'm I'm hating on Lingard because I think he's actually you know he's been on fire, yes, but it is seven games and this is like. Like hell's frozen over because the guy played 133 games for United and got 18 goals in a Man United side. <laughs> like I'm just saying, it's, it, you can't suddenly look at that and then I'm talking about consistency, not just for this season alone, but James Madison and Jack Greenish have been playing well for the last Agreed. couple of seasons. Agreed. Them two really? boys, them two and, boys and have to go. Like for me, it's like Sancho's another yes, one. Um, Sancho's got to go as well. He had. I don't know. I don't know. The thing was so weird. That's what it's... I'm saying. But if we're gonna play, we're gonna play, we're gonna play. So hold it. So here's my other thing. Even with the two holding midfielders, you know, we play Calvin Phillips. Fair enough. Uh, Declan Rice, hundred percent, like warranted. 
Declan Rice is on is brilliant because he's 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 got that box to box in him. He's he's a great player. But we're still letting people like Eric Dyer or It's a mockery. It's a mockery to the England for me, it's a mockery to the England squad. Yeah. Personally. I'm looking at it. I'm just looking at it going, what why? Why why is why is Eric Dyer in Yeah, game? Eric Eric Dyer's I mean, there's some there's some players where I look at it and I think how how are you still getting chances? Playing in a Southgate must have a sex tape <laughs> going around and these boys have got it. It's got to be something going on. <laughs> but when, uh, you look at it and you think Jordan Henderson's another player. Had been played out of position the whole season, picked up a few injuries. He's going to be another player. Is he going to go? Is is Jordan Henderson? Does he deserve to go? In my opinion, is he is he fit? Is he? I injured? think he's injured he currently. Injured, yeah, I think he's injured currently. And then you've got another player, James. I mean, Henderson's better than Dyer. Yeah, yeah. But... And you got James Ward-Prowse. He he had two good games, two and a half or whatever good games for England this uh, this little period, playing well for Southampton. Does he go? I don't. I, I don't know. There's a lot. All I'm saying is, Gareth Southgate has got to get this right because he's got all the talent at his disposal. Yeah, he's got a multitude of options in every position. There's not a single position mm. where, apart from maybe Kane, who I think Kane is streets ahead of any other striker that we've got. But yeah. any yeah. other position on that pitch, for me, is like for like. That's simple mm-hmm. as any other position on that pitch. He's got two, maybe three, like for like. So it's, a, it's, it's big, yeah, big, big pressure on him to, to, to get it right. I've got a question for you. Who, who do you start in golf? Man, you know Nick Pope, yeah. He he looked. No, I'm not joking. He looked terrified with the ball at his feet, even under no even even under no pressure. He looked terrified. His knees were clacking. His knees were clacking together. And you know what? The the problem with that is is that you know, as a manager. You got a, you got a goalie like that when you're trying to play that sort of way, and it filters through, it filters through, and it filters through fast. You know, you see Stones making little mistakes, and they're saying, "Whose fault is it? Stones? Is it the goalie? Is it who? Whose fault is it? It's not. It's probably no one's fault, yeah, because the 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 the, the real fault is the the mental fear that this goalie isn't comfortable with the ball at his feet, and that just makes everyone a little bit on edge when he gets it at his feet. Do you know what? Uh, you know, you're going to say it's not anyone's fault and I'm sure the goalkeepers union and I know there's a couple that, that listen to this pod will come at me. I'm putting it on him for that goal that Stones <laughs> give up. He plays... But... He's got a full picture. He's got the full picture of the pitch, right? You can see where everyone's positioned. He's got zero pressure on him, by the way, yeah. at this point. So you can see everything. He's got plenty of time to scan and see. He can see if he plays this ball to Stones, there is a striker that is within whatever it was 10 yards of him. For some reason, he plays the ball behind Stones. Stones has to turn. Now his back is instantly to, to goal. So his picture of, of the, of the uh, his like what the picture he can see of the pitch is, is, is blank. He can't see anything until he turns. He turns. He's got a split second. He takes that touch. Touch is, is poor. It's pony. But 
the guy is now bearing down to him. For me, that is not a ball that you need to be playing. You don't play the ball behind the defender. Prim's yeah. a turn. He's lost. He's lost two, three yeah. seconds. Like before, and the guy's like, "Yeah, thank you." That for me, as a, as a coach, and anyone will know, is a trigger to press. As soon as the as soon as the defender turns like that, that's a trigger. Bosh, off you go. Yeah. So they've already they've crept they've crept they've everyone's crept up the pitch, yeah. two, three, four yeah. yards. It it's now it's now put stones under pressure. Yeah. That's not what you want. You don't you, you, your keeper's there to take away the pressure. And, and, and like you said, he was he was yeah. nervous. He didn't want it. it was like, yeah. you have it. You have yeah, it. That, I don't and, want it. Yeah, that's like, that's the thing. So, if that's Edison, yeah, and you play that pass to Edison, you just bounce it back to him. Yeah, that's that's what you do in yeah. it. Like Edison yeah. gives you a ball, yeah. you yeah. just bounce it back to him. Stones is never bouncing yeah. it back to Pope. He's just not doing no. it. And this no. is the problem. And then the next problem of it is is that Pope has been told to pass that short. Do not go long. But his head, all his facets of his body, are saying this needs to go long. There's 10 minutes left or whatever there was, 12 minutes left. Yeah. This yeah. needs to go long and we need to play off the seconds. That, so there's just so many little con- contrasting views in there and from players at different clubs and playing different ways that that it, it, it culminates in, in, in that. And it, it, it just goes back. He ain't doing that He's not doing that at Burnley. No way. No way. <laughs> no no way, not even chance that that's that's it. The other corner. <laughs> that's it. That's right exactly now. it. Yeah, you know I mean? like that's that's it. You got you've got. I mean, you have got T Rex uh, Pickford. Do you know who's got who's got an absolute mistake in him, or just literally can't put his hands out to save anything? Um, th- but for me, the most consistent, in my opinion, is Henderson. Mm. <laughs> I think he's just a bit more ste- a bit for me. He's a bit more steady Eddie over over them. The only thing I can say about. Uh, Pickford. The only reason I would play Pickford is if we're going to actually have decent pace down the sides. If we've got decent pace down the sides, I'm saying his distribution is 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 the best. Yeah. And if we're gonna if we're gonna play that way, but you again, we're playing out from the playing out from the back. Yes. Uh, if we're gonna do that, if we're gonna do that, we are susceptible because we've got keepers with head loss. <laughs> they just literally there's a split second they will give they will give you a chance that's and if you start putting those people on a team sheet what does the opposition do yeah just remember like he they were going to give us something that he will give yeah. us something you don't want that you don't want people identifying that and it's, it's that's it's not a good look and i did i say i didn't really want to put that on stones yeah to be honest i'm just, I'm just not i think he's got to get that right that's something i think that um that he does Southgate does really need to look at, and if he does know he's starting eleven, I'd love to know he's got in in the sticks right now because yeah, for me that's a problem area. Yeah, it's Pickford. He he like he likes Pickford. He likes that he can play. He plays him in all the games. It's Pickford, and I think that I think that maybe you should have had a look against San Marino. It might have been an idea to have a look at someone else, but I think even Henderson did Henderson pull out as well. So I think he had Johnston on the bench. And I don't think Johnston's going to go. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe mm. he did have Henderson. He should have had a look at him against San Marino because there was no there was no real threat there. You know what I mean? Like I don't... to be to be fair, no, mate. I, I, I could even who was I think Pope was in when he was talking to the sidelines. I think I think he, I think he gave an in-game uh, press conference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was no there was no chance of putting a goalkeeper in there. That was not not, not the time. Nice touch for Obli Ollie Watkins to get his yeah. first goal. Um, so yeah, so that's 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 happy days. But 
yeah, obviously we're going to be discussing this for a while, and and we'll be going over it for the championships. But it is, yeah, the the the, the weight of, the weight of the nation is on Southgate's shoulders right now to to get this right because yeah, we we've seen some strange decisions up to this, and like you say, strange comments. Obviously, we we've discussed even before this the amount of right backs we had. We had Trent up there; he's he's not even getting a sniff. I know he's had a few defensive problems, but let's see. Obviously. Uh, what he does come up with, um, and let's see what sort of uh, injuries or takes we 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 have. I'm hoping obviously everyone is injury free, and you know he does have the the real problem of trying to narrow it down to was it a 25 man squad from probably about a good 50 55 players. Well, we did. Did you did you hear? He, did you hear he, that he said? Um, he said in his press conference as well. Just the last bit on this. He said in his press conference as well. He's not. He doesn't want it to go from 23 to 25. Did you see that? He's actually said that. He said he doesn't want oh. the twenty uh, the twenty five man squad because he says there's an art to picking a uh, a twenty three man squad. And I think by making it, he said he thinks by making it twenty five, you take a little bit of that art away. So, what's the uh, art? Just pick, just do what you were going to do, Gareth, with twenty three, <laughs> and and then just get your get your assistant manager to pick <laughs> two of his mates. Do whatever you need to do, mate. This guy is just overcomplicating. I don't know. He's been reading too many books in lockdown. I'm saying, I don't know what's going on with him. Oh, my God. I, I can't even watch his press conference. So fair play to you for watching him, mate. Because, oh, my God. Because every time I see him, I just picture that. Uh, I picture the Pizza Hut ad with him and Stuart Pearce. That's it. <laughs> every time. Can never take him seriously. Um, but, yeah, as I say, the international scene is is a crazy one. And, um yeah, it's this the Euros. Please do not ruin it for for the nation. Let's see, let's see how far how far we go. But in terms of game changers, mate, and I tell you what, might be good for all you uh, again football manager heads and and anything that's going on in in the Premier. It's financial fair play. After all of this, trying to even it out so people don't go and absolutely crazy. They're about to get rid of <laughs> it. But, I mean. What, do, you, do you think that's going to do you think that's going to ruin it, Mo? Do, do, do you see that a couple of clubs are going to uh, pull away, or do you think that it's already kind of these clubs are already pulled away and it's it's not going to affect anything Mate, at this point? If you listen closely, you can hear Roman Abramovich's checkbook getting whipped out, mate. <laughs> listen, if they if they if they take, I get why they're doing it, but they're trying to sort of flood a bit more money into football. Which is good to a degree, but it will be it will it will be tough for the competition if you see what I mean. Because once you start letting Man City, um, uh, PSG, um, you know Chelsea run wild with players, you sort of lose the you sort of lose that competition where anyone could get anyone, and you sort of know you, sort of you, sort of, you lose it, yeah. that, and it's unfair on the on the smaller clubs again, and you might start to see that divide where which we had before where there was a clear top four or in that case now, the clear top six and all of the rest can't get near because they can't get in the Champions League for whatever reason, you know. Um, and mm. I don't know if I agree with it, but on the, on the flip side, I do understand it. I do understand the reasons why they're looking at doing it. But I, I like the competition as it is now. And although... Yeah, you see, I mean, it's just made everything more fairer. Anyone can beat anyone. You're getting different winners of of different trophies and you're getting different teams getting to the last stages of other trophies. You're getting more teams getting dra- dragged into sort of the big picture. And I think that that was good for the game. But once you start taking this 
FFP out, there will, you know, the, the chances of pretty much anyone doing anything other than the top four is pretty much going to be non-existent, I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. It's, 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 in some ways, I'm like, okay, could see some great players potentially coming into the Premier League for sure. Um, but I, I think that they need, they still need to put something in this to to, to help. I'm talking all football. Um, so here's here's my my take on it. I don't mind it, but I feel that for every transfer fee you make, ten percent on top is like a needs to go on top. And that that ten percent goes into a pot that funds non like grassroots and non league football. So basically, it helps with sort of development of of new talent, new actual new talent coming yeah. through. So if I if I go and spend if I go and spend, you know, hundred million or whatever, you know, it might not be ten percent, whatever it is, but at least then you know there's a big chunk of money because. They're like, okay, that's dead money I've got to pay. Because then actually it might put them in a, a bit of a deterrent. I know that obviously there's, there's some serious oil money, but again, that's quite a big chunk of money that we've got to put on top to then, to just, it's dead, like dead money. Yeah. I think they, they, they it would be nice to do that because I don't know, I've seen a lot of non-league clubs obviously that have um, folded, you know, the funding just wasn't enough. It'd be nice to then still be able to, or if it's not the if it's not the clubs, it's actually facilities around the country. I mean, I, I don't know about anyone else. Obviously, everyone trying to get a a pitch now. Obviously, sports back, but things like four G pitches here in the in the UK not ready or available. You know, the pitches are some places. Some of the parks are horrendous. You know, why don't you sort of re- put some of that into sort of regen? Give something yeah. back, basically. If you're going to do if you're going to do this, you're going to spend all this money. Find some way for some of this to go to come back. Yeah. To because I feel like a lot of money is being bled into people, uh, into these players' pockets, and I know some clubs obviously do quite a bit anyway. But like, might make it glaringly obvious so people can start seeing that, you know, Mbappe joined Man City, and with that money, some of that money is just going to put, I don't know, fifty pitches, regen fifty pitches in Ma- in Greater yeah, Manchester. What, do you know what I mean? Something like that. What they know. what they definitely need to develop. Um, with any changes in FFP or any changes in rule money, is some sort of pandemic pot. I guess that's what they could call it because we've seen now that obviously the the unthinkable can happen. And I think that if a scenario like this does come along again, that football needs to, to be able to support itself. So in the same mm. way that they give a player, you know, every player that signs get a loyal, gets a loyalty bonus and there's a transfer fee and there's a loan fee. I think there should also be some sort of um, pandemic tax. I, obviously, it wouldn't be called mm-hmm. pandemic tax, but I, I, I'm sure that all football teams in the world would agree that it's been difficult times and it's going to be difficult times for another two years after this. So I can't see any team in the world saying, okay, no, we don't agree with this. Um, And I think that, you know, so when you're talking about 120 120 million pound fees, if they say, okay, if you're going to pay 120 million pound fees, you have to put 2%, you have to also pay an additional 2% or 3%, even up to 5% in a tax, which which is put into a pot in whatever league's, coffers and it's and it's and it's mm. safe for a situation like this because like you say 
things like grassroots and and even the lower league professional clubs are struggling and they're going to be struggling for years and and mm. you know clubs ain't going out of business now but two years down there are clubs now that are getting along but they're getting into severe trouble by doing it do you see what I mean so this isn't just going to end and we're going to see the end of it we're going to see the extinction of clubs after this because there's still no protection money has to come from somewhere so I think that if they're going to change FFP they need to look at very seriously um, even if it's just the Premier League they need to look at when we're doing transfers amongst each other some sort of pandemic pot um, for situations Mm. like this for the unthinkable do you see what I mean? And then someone, you know, someone at the top manages it and, you know, every year maybe they, they take 10% or they take 5% out of the pot and they put that into grassroots. There's so many things you can do with that money, but there does need to be money put away and clubs can't be living nil by mouth um, any longer. Do you see what I mean? And I think that needs to come into place pretty much as soon as football re- restarts properly with fans. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. That's it. It's um, it, it, I say I see some great. I see some great stuff to it. To be honest, I, I see the, the the good look that obviously we get some great players potentially coming in um, to the you know into the into the, the leagues, things like the Prem. But I also don't want us to go down like the the NBA. We're seeing sort of the NBA NBA routes where they're putting together these absolute dream teams, <laughs> <laughs> like just. Uh, and then everyone else is just sat there just to to be a spectator. <laughs> um, you know, we don't we 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 don't want that. Um, but yeah, I, and I also don't want it. To, I know we're already there, kind of it being a bit all about the pound note. But we need to bring back like the, a bit of old school in there, just so people actually start to enjoy this a little bit more, and that includes things like VAR, right? <laughs> so, um, less <laughs> which. I think I thought we were going to go for a whole whole pod without mentioning it, but sorry, I had to I had to spoil it. Um, but yeah, you know things like that. I think they really do. If they're going to look at certain other rules, then you know things like financial fair play. Let's let's get the rules sorted out on on the pitch at the moment that you've you know just ruining it. Things like the handball, etc., that changes every week. Um, you know, go go, you know, go go down that route where where they can. And um, but I mean that's happening. Well, like worldwide, obviously, with financial fair play, you're then looking at the Champions League format. But they want to change that now. Um, they don't want to have the the group stage. They want to go down a, a league table route with then the, the almost like the, the the playoff style element at at, at the end for, for sort of the, the the to win the win the Champions League. Do you think that's do you think that's a step too far, Mo? Do you think it's, leave it, man? Change leave it? it as it is. It's, it's a great competition. It keeps everyone watching. It's it's everyone loves it. The format's perfect. No one complains about the format now. So why change it? Well, the reason why they want to change it is obviously money. But I mean, how many more games are they going to give these players to play? So they're saying now to win the Champions League, if they bring that in, it will be an extra four games to win the Champions League. So basically, yeah, ridiculous. Basically, you will be playing. Uh, Saturday, Wednesday for the whole season, like non-stop. There will be no, there will pretty much be yeah. no weeks off now. You'll have to play every week. And another thing yeah. that that does as well, that format will do, is it will exclude the the chances of a of a smaller team winning it as well. Because I just think the sort of mm-hmm. one-off, two-off games um, is a good way of sort of you know getting an upset. 
But then once you put them in a the league table and it's all on points and people are playing for draws and it's, you know, it's just, just leave it as it is. If it's not broke, don't fix it. But we all know every single time something's going well, yeah. they, they want to find a way of making more and more and more money from it. Do you know what I mean? So it's no, it'll be no yeah. surprise to me if it comes in, but I don't, I, I mean, I don't agree. You get on with it, but I, I don't agree with it from the first looks at what they want to change. Yeah. No, nah, I see. I, 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 everyone likes the knockout stages. You know, like you said, there's some upsets that get caused. You, you know, we, we wouldn't have had something like that Tottenham uh, Man City game with this new format. I don't think, um, you know, either. It just, it doesn't, doesn't make sense um, to, for me to change it. It's like the most prestigious sort of football competition away, like in a club football, really. So why change it? You know, no one's complained about it. So, you know, why why come up with these changes? For me, the only thing I would say right now is that I would potentially change, and this isn't um, a UEFA problem. It's more like a Premier League thing. If you're going to play in Europe, for me, um, that one of the cups you should put your... So like, the, the league cup or something you can only play your under 23 squad or something like that just because people keep complaining about the number of games but they keep putting their teams out <laughs> I don't understand it so I think there's got to be something something about that maybe potentially to to, to work on that or you know there's this, this whole like fixture priority like it all comes down to sort of TV and when 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 they play and you know that I don't agree with you know if you if you let's say you are in uh, Europa because um, I a fair play, I can't stand Tottenham, but I, he had a fair point. Like, why is he playing on the Thursday and then having to play? I think he had like the the, the early kickoff or something yeah. on the on the weekend. It was just like if, that makes no sense. If, like, what? If you ever like, want to do something, they need to have a look at the Europa League because that is that that needs a re a revamp a re a rejig. If anything, you know, the Champions League's fine. But they could have a look at the Europa League because that definitely needs a rejig. Do you know what I mean? Like, group stages are pretty much just playing against minnows. And then you get to the, you get to the, um, you don't really get a good game till like the quarterfinals. Do you see what I mean? So, yeah. Well, you're playing Champions yeah. League reserves, aren't you? Yeah, by the time you get to there. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what you, you end up playing. Yeah, yeah. But so, yeah, that is, yeah, that definitely. And, yeah, but again, it's revenue for some of them smaller teams, really. Can you start fix cup games? You split the revenue, you end up making a bit of making a bit of money, I suppose. So that's probably why those smaller teams probably don't don't mind it. Don't mind getting an absolute thumping. Was it Dun Dundalk? Who are they? <laughs> that Irish team we played. Yeah. Like, come on, you know, I'd, I'd see that at sort of um, you know, the, sort of going up to conference level. Some of them, um, but yeah, it's not. It's it's. It is a strange one. I think there's a few changes that could be made for, for the better, but I think they need to stop making decisions based, like you said, on, you know, on, on, on finances, yeah. right? Um, what, 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 one last point for me, mate, which is, you know, I'm absolutely devastated to, to hear, was um, Sergio Aguero is leaving City. Um, but he also mentioned that he would like to stay in the Premier League. So my question to you is, I know where you probably where you would want him to go if money was an object, etc. But where do you think if, you end up going? If if he stays in the Premier League, you're looking at Chelsea. Probably Chelsea's Chelsea's the only option, yeah. really. I can't see I can't see anyone else probably being able to afford him. 
and being able to sort of match his ambitions because I'm sure he'll have he'll have the option of going Barcelona. I'm sure he'll have the option of going Atletico Madrid. Um, you know, there there will still be big clubs, maybe even Bayern Munich. I don't know, but I know that there will still be big, big European clubs. PSG, there's there's many places he'll be able to go. But mm-hmm. I think if he does um, stay in the Premier League, it will only be Chelsea. But I mean, Sergio Aguero, man, what a player. What a player. How many goals has he scored? Mm-hmm. The quality of goals he scores. Um, the different types of goals, the movement, quality player, man, quality player. And if he does leave the Premier League, he'll definitely be missed. Even this, even this season, like an injury hit season, he's, I'm sure he's still got he's still got a fair few goals. And you know, and it's it's mad to think that a player that six months ago City couldn't have sort of imagined doing anything without is leaving, and you know, they're still challenging for all the big competitions. It's absolutely mad. But um yeah man, it will be a it will be a quality striker leaving if he leaves. But I think we're gonna get some big replacements this uh this this summer. So a big replacement for, for Aguero. Maybe not Man City as Pep said today that it's unlikely, but I think that's sort of a little bit of a monopoly of the market. He's trying to make sure that Man City don't get don't get absolutely done on price but um, yeah I'm sure we'll get a a big replacement but I've got a question for you what would you say Mm -hmm. let me try and make it difficult for you what what would you say (laughs) in your opinion is the top I want to say three but I'll give you five say top five Premier League Premier League era only strikers in your opinion Five, yeah. Top five. Um, Do you want them in order? Do you want them in order or just for name five? Because name it <laughs> right. in order. We'll do, all right, all right. Yeah, no, put this on the spot. Uh, yeah, just name just name five. Top yeah. five. Thierry Henry. Alan Shearer. Yeah. Aguero. Kane. Yeah. How about that's four? Is that four? Five. Um four? that's five. Uh that's four. You got one more? No, you got one more. That's yeah. five. Yeah. That's four. Oh, mate, I'm I am literally torn between two. Because I'm not I'm not I'm not classing yeah. Ronaldo as a striker. So that's yeah. why it's not been named. But my my two I'm torn by yeah. is Eric Cantner. And drug, and oh Drogba. wow! Um, okay, Cantona and Drogba. Hmm. Yeah, Cantona's big. Yeah, Cantona's big. He's a big. He's a big. Uh, he's a big one. He's a big one that probably gets a bit overlooked, but he is a big one. I don't, I don't know how people. It his doesn't, name doesn't come up enough actually when it, people talk about it. I think for our age group, growing up watching Eric, yeah, Cantona, we sort of know more. It, the guy was a. Yeah, he was he was outrageous. I just think that, that he was just that big that that big personality. Again, what he did it, with his footwork, he could he's another one scored all sorts of goals. That iconic put your um, I don't know about you, mate, but I think every time I took a penalty, <laughs> the, kid, the collar went up. Like <laughs> you know, that was that was the that was the thing for me. Um, 
Oh, but Drogba, mate, just he he came out of nowhere. I know he had that season at Marseille, but he's another one turned up for big big games, different sorts of goals, caused people all sorts of problems. Um, oh God, that's tough, mate. That is tough. I'm gonna go. I am gonna go. Drogba. Drogba. And I, just for the the way the game has developed. The, the pace of it and how he how he played the game I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with Drogba but that is uh, I know some people are like well why didn't you have Kentner over Shearer but come on Big Al I think I think Shearer Big Al just the like numbers he's <laughs> got to be in there ain't he he was outrageous and, and a guy who scored penalties free kicks he was hitting free kicks with his, yeah. the lever of footballs and I'm just like that nah, this guy and you know if he went up if you that ball was floated up it didn't matter yeah. what defender was underneath it. Yeah. They were feeling his presence. And he was a bit nasty as well. I liked him. He like just he did like the nasty stuff. So um yeah, yeah. I'm glad I couldn't put right in there. But I can't I'd, just with what I've got there. But what about you? Would, Is anyone that you think go, so I'll, I'll go Shearer, you I've got Shearer, Henri, Aguero, Kane, and Rooney. So that's my five. Um that's my that's my five. I, thought, I mean Rooney mm. early stages was a joke. He was a joke. And then when you go Man yeah. United's top scorer, England's top scorer, for me, Rooney, Rooney's got to be one of the first names in there. I don't think you can leave Rooney out there at the top five for me. Um, Kane, you know, can do loads of, can score, scores all types of different goals. Really good, intelligent player. Guerrero, you know, another one speaks for himself. I can't speak more highly of him. Henri, for me, is probably the best striker we've had in the league. Um, and then Shearer for his, for his sheer numbers. But then when you look at the players left out, players like Suarez, ridiculous in the Premier League. Absolutely ridiculous. I remember one season, mm-hmm. was it the season yeah. he was out for eight games and he come back, still got 30 Premier League goals. <laughs> That's yeah, mental. Yeah, he's outrageous. Mental. Yeah. After that, the, that was after his Yeah, um, after the, the racist biting, bite, biting, right. biting stuff. Yeah. And then you got... You got Salah, yeah. Yeah, his yeah. name has to be yeah. mentioned in there as well. Cole, Wrighty, Drogba. There's so many names. Do, 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 do you know what? Do you know what? I, I can't. There's a pundit drives me up the wall. But you forget he's got a balance. Mental. Door. It's my another Foley. player. Fowler. There's this. But it's I, I, I to pick that. Yeah. I know this. I know this is. I know because this is mad, yeah. Player. But are they? Are like yeah. your righties. Your Fowlers, your Anelkas, are they sort of a level like just that level below the top top names? Is they just a little? I think so. Yeah. Do, do you know? Do you know what's tough? Do you know what's tough? And I know that obviously it's not their fault. That's just, they were the best at the time in their era, right? But when I look back at some of that football at that time, now, like I, I had one an old game on the other day, and I was looking again. This the the. the the, the level just yeah. is nowhere near what it is now. Like, you know, like those, you know, righty wouldn't be playing. Um, actually, righty scores goals left, right, centre, to be fair. Like, he, he was just that, had that eye for goal and a poacher. So, I'm not, I don't want to take anything around from from, from Uncle Righty. But if you look at the, the, the way it is, they could only be as good as they were at their time. But I'm saying now, I just think the, the way the strikers is hard. I think it's yeah. harder. Yeah, but, but what you've got to remember days. is like, 
back in those days when them boys were doing crazy stuff, you had better defenders, yeah, for starters. Defending was a was a bigger mm. thing. Like now, defending isn't great. It isn't a great like yeah, massive true. like thing like it was then. Like a solid back four was like your your base. And I know it is now to win championships, but there's not that much emphasis on being a tight back four. Like people just want to see goals and fast flying expansive football. And I think that that's what makes a lot of strikers look better now. And then when you think about things like technology and training and the, and the advancements in that. So when you watch them old games, it looks slow and it looks, it might look a little bit slow and tepid and you're thinking he wouldn't even get, he wouldn't get a sniff nowadays. But then when you think about mm, their mm. standard now, so if you think about Ian Wright's standard now, uh, Ian Wright's standard then, and you compared it to now, you're you're talking about a different caliber of player. Do you know what I mean? He, he, he wouldn't he'd be as good as mm. he was then because he was the best then. Do you see what I mean? So there's no reason why he wouldn't be the yeah, best yeah, now. But true. when you watch the games, when you watch the games, I know what you mean. You you're looking at the games from like the early two thousands, and you're thinking. Nah, man, they, they wouldn't have got a go- they wouldn't have got a goal like that wouldn't have been enough. You know, what I mean, the the movement, like it's all just a little yeah. bit slow and tepid. Yeah, but yeah. you got you got to think about the advancements yeah, yeah, yeah. in everything. You know, the analysis. You know, what I mean, the analysis. Imagine, imagine what players like yeah, Kane yeah. know about every centre half now. Like, like even like they probably know like if you turn in this yeah. way and he's slightly slower turning that way, and if you shoot this, the, the goalie can see his most shots down. Like they probably know so much now that, that the players then didn't have the advantage. When you think about players like Andy Cole, like think of him. He was an absolute predator, yeah? Think about him now with yeah. the advancements of yeah. technology and, you know, the advancements in training. It'd be a joke. Like, it'd be a joke. You wouldn't be able to yeah. control players like him. Well, that's, that's, that was the goal. Um, obviously, Aubameyang scored um, in the FA Cup final with Azuma. Azuma said all the game tape he'd watched is what he opens yeah. up to go to his, his right. So, but then, Aubameyang said he, he knew Zuma and knew that he was, yeah. like, like, knew he even knew know yeah. that. So that's why he chopped back on his neck. It's, 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 it's mad. It's mad because it's that wine game start to kick him off the back of, off the back of that technology. So, um, but yeah, it is, it, it is mad. And that, yeah, that I really appreciate that question because yeah, it's, you start thinking about some good memories from some of the strikers you've had there because you just mentioned one there, Andy Cole. Like, how, you know, how good was he? Mate, you, uh, Rude Van Nistelrooy. Van Nistelrooy. Mental. United. Mental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've had some, we've had some, we've had some great players in there. And, um, you know, I still think that Ronaldo will probably be for a while will be one of the best players. I think, if not the best player that's played in the Premier League, like him and Omri for me are the, are the two. But um, yeah, it's, we, it's some, some great memories, and hopefully, you know, we'll start to see a few others creep into this because I'd, I'd definitely love to see that Haaland um, in, in the Premier League because I think he's got enough about him um, to to play play in the Prem. But um, yeah, that that was a good one, mate. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to fire one back for for next next. Caught you week. off guard. Come out with that for you. Put you on on the spot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it now. Now I respect it. Respect it. I'd like to hear um, a few others. Um, I'm gonna put. We have to put that um, put that poll out. I think on on Insta and uh, and Twitter and see what people's people's thoughts are. Um, but again, guys, don't forget to come and find us on uh, the the sports sports social network. Um, been getting some great hits on there. Um, in amongst some some other great podcasts. Um. Hopefully, um, we'll have Aaron back 
from his uh, his food coma. We we uh, suspected <laughs> he <laughs> believe he's in right now. But uh, yeah, we'll be putting that, that out there, and um, yeah, hopefully, it'll be some some great news that we'll, we'll be able to discuss um, the, the following weeks. But that's been another episode of Playing Out from the Back. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you wanna get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.